time to play ball. Welcome to the podcast with no limits. Whether it be sports, current events, or random thoughts, this is the place to step in and stay a while. Your host is a proud alumnus of Rio Hondo Prep, a former minor league baseball umpire, and a man with strong opinions. Welcome to the Get Home Safe podcast and your host, Matt Persima. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. I'm your host, Matt Hersema, but if you've tuned in before, you of course know that. Just saying my name here on the podcast, it's been a while, but I have a great guest uh, on the podcast for you guys today, as you guys are well aware. On Fridays, that's what you tune in for, to hear not just me talk, but to hear a conversation I have with somebody who I've either crossed paths with or has been a mentor to me, or just has been, I've had a working relationship with sometimes people that I've never met before, which is a lot of fun. But today I got someone on the podcast who is yes, another real Hondo prep alum. He was actually from the class of 2001, two years ahead of me. He was a senior when I was a sophomore and he's someone I actually really looked up to as I was going through high school, even though we were only in, in high school together for a couple of years, but he was one of those guys that was a senior leader. He was actually a, a leader in his class and on his teams well before that. But it was when he was a senior that I think uh, he, he really, he, he really, he, his, uh, he shined bright, I'll say, with his leadership abilities and just a guy that, uh, a high character guy that, that um, so many of us uh, young men looked up to. And uh, he was gracious uh, guy to talk to and just someone, uh, again, that uh, I really enjoyed my experience with him in high school. And I'm talking uh, about none other than Mr. Kyle Corral, one-time Academy president, quarterback of a championship football team, played in a baseball championship game in 1999 when he was a sophomore. We're going to get to all that. Kyle and I, I look at Kyle as a guy who are very similar on the sense he was much thinner and faster than me, but he, uh, you know, quarterback, I mentioned a catcher, although he could hit a little bit and he hit lead off, I think. Uh, basketball, kind of the same guy, I think. Scrappy guys that... Didn't really have a place out there. If I have to say, it was probably one area I was a little bit better uh, at Kyle was scoring baskets. But other than that, we were usually getting in fights with people. And uh, anyway, basketball was definitely lower on the totem pole than the other sports, although I really loved it. Anyway, Kyle Corrales are on the podcast today. Kyle, um, when we were in RHLA together, Kyle took the, uh, took, took the reins, really. He was at the front forefront, I should say, of expanding Cary Youth League. Uh, eastward and going from the Arcadia and Covina sites to expanding to what is now the Upland Center. And so Kyle is the Upland site director. It was people like him, um, Mike Murphy, Dave Carson, who've both been on this podcast before. They uh, were they were uh, among those who expanded east when uh, there were a lot of people that didn't think it could be done. It needed to be done, but it was Kyle who was very passionate in his uh, college years and, and uh, mid twenties there that really said, no, this is something we want to do. felt called to do it. So we'll talk to him about all that today. Reminisce about some of our high school days. And, and also Kyle has a big announcement with him and his family. He's uh, uh, married and has a couple of kids. And so I, I haven't had a chance to talk with him in a while. So I thought what better way to do that than to bring him on the get home safe podcast and uh, you know, go down memory lane. And of course, 
look forward to something that, that he's going to announce here on the podcast that I think a lot of the listeners will uh, love to take interest in. So let me step aside, or I should say, bring Kyle on board here uh, onto the Get Home Safe podcast because you guys want to hear from him today. So it's an absolute pleasure to have today on the podcast my friend from back in the day in high school, Mr. Kyle Corral. Okay, I'm happy to be joined by Kyle Corral from the class of 2001 at Rio Hondo Prep as a senior when I was a sophomore back in the day. So I looked up to him quite a bit. He's now the site director for Upland in the uh, in Care Youth League. He's, he's in fundraising. He's in coaching. He's doing all kinds of things. Uh, Kyle, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you for having me. Kyle, it's been a long time, man. I've had all kinds of people on here, and I try to tell everybody there's it's no particular order. I, I didn't. I don't go alphabetically. I don't go by importance. I'm just trying to make the rounds here, so uh, don't feel like you're uh, last on a list or anything. Because I wanted to have you on this podcast for quite some time. Well, thank you. I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're all great people. I, you know, it's not. You know, who's better, Dave Carson Jr.? You know, it's like yeah, I, no. I, I, I can't. You know, wash that guy's feet. So, you know, <laughs> everyone you've had on here is, you know, is higher on the totem pole than I am so <laughs> oh well it's fun it's fun talking to people so that it's not just me rambling away but uh, Kyle you know I you were someone uh I looked up to greatly in high school and uh you know that that kind of when, when the senior class and the sophomore when you're a freshman you're kind of new and it's like oh man every, you know but when you start to be a sophomore it's like you really start to feel things moving and you're like okay man these guys were sophomores just two years ago Kyle you know these guys are seniors and uh, right. you, you were in a great class of, of 2001. Um, you, you played in a, a, well, let's see, let's slow it down here. You won a CIF championship uh, in 2000 in football. You were on a baseball team that, that unfortunately lost the game. Uh, I have this weird thing, Kyle, where I remember like all kinds of weird details, specifically about your playing days and then some of your teammates. Who, who are some of your favorite teammates that uh, you played with from your senior class? It's not like one favorite teammate. It's like at Karen Rio, it's like you're a team, you know, it's like a mm. brotherhood. So how do you say, oh, this brother's better than this brother? You know, it's oh, like, man. you know, you have all of them. You see Ross, you know, Chris Rossiter, Echevarria, um, Javi, JR, Dave Hong, you know, these guys, Kevin, they all, they all played a role in how we, you know, the teams, you know, you even have the international students, Brian Trong, Ken Lee, um, these guys that th- you, you build that rapport and that relationship with them where it's like your brother's out there. So, mm. you know, I, I can say who's my favorite. I, I-, I could get along yeah. with just about anybody, you know, you can put a, you know, a dog in here and all, <laughs> you know, he's like <laughs> be my best friend, you know, it's like, yeah, I, I love them all. Um, well, well, what's great. interesting about, about teammates, you know, back in the day, you, you work so hard to kind of this, there's this big buildup, right. And you're, you do everything together, sleepovers and outings and right. getting into trouble just a little and, you know, competing and doing all these things. And then all of a sudden it's gone, but really it's those friendships in those four years, or even beyond that, uh, you know, before that, that really are a life. If one of those guys called you up right now and needed something, I got to imagine you'd be right there. And that's just kind of what it's all about. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. It, it never dies. It's like, yeah, I'll, I'll run into these guys, you know, throughout life, you know, and it's just kind of like it, you, you kind of instantly go back to that, 
that mode of, you know, this is my guy right here. And, you know, you, you could have a conversation like it was yesterday and, you know, come back and we're kind of, you know, you, you, you recapture where you are in your life and stuff. And, but yeah, absolutely. They're. Yeah. It's it's crazy. Oh, such a great time. And I just, I, I want to relive it. It's been over 20 years, you know, 20 years for me and over 20 for you. And I'm just like, no, this isn't fair. I want to go back and do it again, do it again. But yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, we go on to bigger and better things. Uh, you're now uh, a husband, father of three. You were telling me, so you and the That's wife right. are out. Are you outnumbered now? That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so we, yeah, COVID happened, right? And a baby was born. <laughs> so that that kind of we, you know, she would say she was done at two, but we had two girls, and being a coach. You know, in the back of my your mind, you kind of want that boy, right, to play catch with and, you know, yeah. do the things <laughs> that, you know, you had as a kid growing well, up. So it was uh, it was meant to be, it sounds like. And uh, there's a few probably good good things that came out of COVID, a lot of bad things, but it sounds like there were a few good things. Uh, Kyle, I teased it in the intro here. Uh, I said, you know, you and uh, your family got kind of a big announcement, and I want the listeners on this podcast to be aware and uh, just uh, they're a be to be able to go support you and your 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 new endeavor here so what is uh the big announcement for the corral family right we're gonna be my wife and i um we're gonna be opening up a cookies and ice cream shop in downtown upland so um right there in historic downtown upland if any of you guys are familiar with that um it's called cookies and pints so if you're you're interested on when we're gonna start up you could um follow us on instagram at cookies the letter n pints um as in pints of ice cream okay or facebook and we have a website as well so if you're we're anticipating opening around uh june so we hope you guys all can make it it would be great you know to see you guys um to support this we support care so you know as if if the business comes you know to fruition and we're able to make some money you know, care is going to be at the top of our list to share that with. Oh man, that, that is great news. But well, as if, as if we need an excuse to go find something sweet to eat, right? Somebody, Hey, ice cream. You're just, Oh, I know a guy who owns one. I have to go support yeah. this. Right. So come on, come on, Absolutely. people get out there. So the summer is coming. It's going to be warm. Nice, nice night for an ice cream. I mean, you shouldn't need an excuse. Right. <laughs> and, and we're going to have the best anyway. So it's like, you're going to be the first to kind of know where the best is around town so um yeah come out we'd love to have you guys strategically placed too where uh i I gotta imagine after some some care events uh out there in upland i know soccer's a lot during the week i gotta imagine there's a a, gonna be a flood of of kids and families after some of these games i I see you working to put it there in that's right yeah right (laughs) we we want one of the reasons we wanted to do it is we wanted to create a community you know that care community in our community, you know, we wanted to share out, um, broaden our, you know, wings, as you would say, and get to the Upland community to uh, share what we have, you know, invite a that, kid to care or whatever, you know, that's like, awesome. No, and, and we all have that story of, of, of how we uh, found Care Youth League. And I got to imagine there'll be flyers and information there. And some, some kids, some family may, may walk in there, hey, let's get some ice cream. And their life may change just because they discover Care Youth League. And you guys do a great job of advertising and everything. But I mean, I, I found Care Youth League because I saw a kid at, at school 
carrying a bag of football gear as a second grader. I was like, well, I, I, I want to do that, hey, you know? And yeah, I want some gear, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't want to play football. Yeah. Tackle fo- they make us play two-hand touch here at school. I want to <laughs> tackle somebody. That'd be way better. Right. So anyway, cookies and pints, get out there and support. And who, who's, the ex- I, who's the expert here? I got to imagine. Oh, uh, your my wife, wife is, is the-, the expert. I'm the dishwasher. So it's like, <laughs> you know, that, that's kind of how our roles are. Um, so she, she's a culinary chef. Um, and, and everyone asked her like, you know, what, what is your favorite thing to bake? You know, she's pastry chef. Um, and she's like cookies. They're so simple, but everyone loves them. You know, it brings you back, brings you back to when you're a kid, you know, that nostalgia of eating that fresh baked cookie. So that, that's kind of what we're trying to bring to the community and share with other people. Wow. Yeah. That's fantastic. I, who doesn't like cookies? I don't know anyone. Everyone has you know, right? some kind of, yeah, that's. <laughs> Maybe that's some Russian the, somewhere, right? <laughs> <laughs> we figured it out. All this divisiveness the past few years, all we need yeah. was some cookies. You guys are going to save America and save maybe the world. So what? Oh, this is amazing. Who'd have thought? All this other money we've put in other things. And now all we right. needed was a little cookie shop. That's right. Kyle Corral. Yeah. She's got to be the brains behind the operation. I got to imagine too. So that's, that's awesome. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, well, Kyle, I talked about finding care. What, what's your story, man? When, when did you find care? How old were you? Was it a friend? And, and tell me what were your early, your early interest in care? Or did mom just throw you into it? What, what was your story? Yeah. So I was like, a, our family was a big little league uh, family back in the day. So in West Covina. So I kind of grew up from, you know, kindergarten T-ball to second grade in little league. Um, but then one of my mom's good friends and coworker at the time, she worked for my mom. Um, so my mom owned a business back then, like a daycare center. So she, her daughter was in care and then invited us, um, say, Hey, you know, there's this great program, whatever. And, you know, it's, Oh, it's in Covina. It's not going to work out, you know, and then they're like, they have buses, you know? So yeah. yeah, probably like, like my second time, I think I showed up to Wingate park, you know, in third grade. And then they, they sent me out there with Phil Horton. He threw some footballs, man, this guy's fast, you know, it's like, <laughs> but the second day we tried to arrange like the bus run, I sat on a corner, you know, and the, like, I guess I was on the wrong corner and it never picked me up. So like my second time around, I was like sitting on a corner in West Covina that never got picked up so I was a little bummed but then you know we worked it out so it was a little closer to my house and then um I was able to you know eventually start my career at Care Youth League that is uh that is very cool and and what's interesting is whoever came up with that concept of the buses picking kids up from school taking them to practice and then even taking them home uh it was genius because to my knowledge no other you know, organizations were doing that. I played little league my first two years uh, of uh, eligibility, we'll say kindergarten and first grade. And, and it was tough, you know, grandma had to pick me up after school to get me the things on Fridays. And uh, you know, my parents, it was the number one thing I think that got me into care because they both worked until, you know, five thirty six o'clock was, Oh, they'll right. pick you up. They'll take you. I mean, so that to me was something that separated everybody. And it seemed like it was a big impact for you, except the day you missed the bus. Yeah, that's right. For sure. <laughs> and it, it it connected you with other people that you like one of my best friends as a kid, you know, and we still talk today, the Sotos, Anthony Soto, Andrew Soto, they live like 
you know, four blocks away from me. I had no idea until like one day, you know, it's like, cause I, I joined in football season, but Anthony always played up because he was a big beast, you know? Um, <laughs> but so like basketball comes and this giant guy comes in and it's like, who's this guy? Right. Um, so like, and that's how like our, our friendship kind of started, you know, and we would, we would go, we would play almost every day after school. It's just kind of like, that's kind of, you know, that, that was my competition. It was, it was Anthony Soto and myself versus my four-year-old brother, my older brother, who's four years older than me, Eric and um, Andrew Soto. So we would just, you know, like run that, that, that block. <laughs> wow. What a, what a crew. Andrew was, I think uh, Andrew was our agent. We never saw him cause he always played up to those. Well, that, what a family, the Sotos, man, just great right. athletes, but, but really good people. Right. For sure. And they have man, the next a, generation that are in care now. It's like Rochelle Soto, um, her, her son's a real good pitcher now, and he's playing in Covina. Um, yeah. So we're, we're going to, we're not going to hear the, the last of the Sotos because oh, you know, Anthony has a son, Andrew has a, a daughter, you know, so yeah, we'll, we'll hear them again. Yeah. And those, they played at some high levels too, after, you know, moving on to other things, but that, that is so cool to hear that story. I could just imagine. Yeah. Hey, I got, this guy's on my team. We're going to, you know, take on your four year, your right. older than you. That's awesome. Uh, so when you jo- join care, you know, there's a little mix of guys are kids are funny. Like boys, we, we love to play the sports, but we also like to go in the Creek. We like to do outings. I mean, what type of kid were you? Did you like sports specifically, or were you kind of just all about everything club meetings and, and everything? Yeah, just everything. I just, you know, cause basically I was like the latchkey kid, you know? So it's like, get home from school. We would walk home from school, you know, whatever you could find at home to do, that's what you would do. So, um, you know, once there was something organized that you could have fun in, it was like, there's a no brainer, you know, it's like video games got bored to us like pretty quickly, you know, we would get in trouble throwing dirt clots over the, the house and stuff like that, you know? So, um, that always existed. So it was just kind of like, yeah, when, the bus will pick us up and then eventually when I was in like fourth grade uh Mr. Horton would he would have me catch for BP at the older division um you know probably like triple A's or Pac-12 now whatever it was back then American or national whatever I don't know how it exactly worked but probably like Jacob Blake's age so I would just go I'd basically be at care all day they would pick me up I'd catch you know or whatever um you know and then yeah, I go home and <laughs> dude, it was, it was the one-stop shop. And, and, you know, I love talking to guys who, who are from the Wingate era, because I mean, you go to that park on Saturday, there's games everywhere. I mean, you can, right. wa- you know, do the chains on, on a random game here. You can go shoot hoops. Then they got this great right. concession truck with fries and burgers. And it's just like, right. it was heaven, man. Sun up to Sunday. Right. Yeah. You anywhere. bring your dollar, you get your candy yeah. bar and Coke and, and you're good to go. Right. Wingate combo. <laughs> That's right. The <So> special. <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, yeah. Man. Talk to me about Phil Horton. Sounds like, you know, he was pretty, had him pretty impactful on your life. I mean, we all know him. He's a jokester and just a funny guy. Adam as a teacher, yeah. but what was he like as a coach, as a young kid? Uh, Phil probably had the most influential impact in my early early days where it's like yeah he he spent a little extra time just kind of like you know it's like because I I wanted to be there so you know I'd do chains for him or whatever and then 
Then he invited me to, you know, coach at, in sixth grade, taking stats with Matt Keeler and probably Jay Led. I think those were the guys that were coaching the team, but I was just kind of like in the back um, taking stats. So, you know, yeah. So he, he's always been like, you know, the, the, the professor, you know, and like, yeah. Kung Fu Panda, there's, there's that guy, right? <laughs> no doubt. The guy with the, the tortoise with the with the the cane or whatever, you know, the grasshopper. Yeah, so yeah, I, definitely I, I influential. Always appreciated uh, Mr. Horton. He was fun to talk to on here. And he just he's a guy that makes you laugh. And then I remember him on like summer trips and um uh, you know mount care and stuff and you know we're not supposed to like the cardinals but it's just like mr horton was, right. was always funny and challenging guys and just a real dude so what what uh what was the process he was for you? he was more he was more intense though when i was coaching because you had like steve martin um and, and it seemed like they didn't like each other but you know <laughs> i seen him look at break clipboards and stuff like that so oh, it wasn't yeah. like Right now, he, he's like this wise sage where it's kind of like he doesn't have to say much to get things done. But back then, it was, it was a little more – it was different where he, you know, he was more vocal. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I could see that. And I would speak to so many leaders there at CARE. Like, every, they're wonderful men, every single one of them. And I, I'm speaking specifically to the men's side. I'm sure the women's side also. But, man, Kyle, I, I don't think there's one man – uh, at Cary Youth League, one leader, adult coach who who likes losing or tolerates it. I mean, this is a competitive right. group of men <laughs> who are trying to live godly lives and teach kids, but they they don't like losing. <laughs> and it's competitive. Right. And it's crazy. That's right. <laughs> so, uh, hey, there's no participation trophies to my knowledge at Cary Youth League. It's uh, hey, you know, first place. Maybe things have changed. I don't know. But um, anyway, <laughs> where where did Rondo Prep fall into place for you? Um, I know that. At some point in high school, you guys moved to, I think, Diamond Bar or something. So it made Rio more challenging. But how did you end up uh, uh, enrolling at Rio Hondo Prep? So, um, yeah, how did it come about? Huh? So in, like, fifth grade, I had to move houses from where I grew up um, for most of my childhood in West Covina on the border of La Puente. But then we had to move. So we, for a short time, moved with my grandparents. And then we moved to another place in West Covina. Um, so I transferred schools because in West Covina, there was a new school opening up, Holland Crest uh, Junior High. <clears throat> so there was Edgewood uh, Middle School. And then Holland Crest opened up, which is like a little south of West Covina High School. But it's that that section, if you're familiar with West Covina. Um so I moved to Holland Crest, right? And then, um, you know, coaches, Mr. Parker and stuff were trying to get me to obviously go to RHP, but it never seemed to work out, you know, financially and stuff like that. So, yeah. um, so then like a few weeks into school, you know, the, the classes there were like full. I had one class where I'm at Holland Crest, so I'm sitting outside the classroom, you know, there's probably 40 kids in there. I'm sitting outside the classroom while the teacher's inside. Um, wow. But then I, I got sent home because I was not in their in their dress code. Um, you know, I don't know. I had a you know some kind of stripes on my polo shirt or something like that. Or you're missing buses. You're missing buses. You're breaking school <laughs> right. rules. I mean, it sounds like you're perfect right. for Rondo Prep. Yeah. So then, you know, 
So then my mom has to come in. She's ticked off at this point. So she's like, you know, I was I was kind of enrolled because I had, you know, my mom had filled out an application, but she just never wanted to commit to, you know, paying money for school. Um, so, but that was kind of the last straw. She had, you know, leave work or whatever to, you know, come pick me up. And so then she's like, I'm sending you to Rio Hondo, you know, kind of, that was seventh grade, I think. Mm. Yeah. And real and real is a big adjustment. I think. I mean, it's, it's it's not so much in the in the in the concept that you know most of the people there, but just adjusting to a curriculum now and like you know you're doing everything. Hey, you're gonna play this instrument. Hey, you're gonna sing here. You're gonna take this class, that class, and you're gonna take the buses here. It's yeah. just like you. I think you learn to grow up pretty fast. What, what was kind of your early that, uh, opinions of real? That's kind of like everything I wanted. You know, it's like mm-hmm. it wasn't it wasn't a transition to me. It was like, well, you know, I get to rather than I have to, you know, it's like, you know, yeah. you know, at a, at a public school, it's like, you're lucky if you get one sport or, you know, you make the team, there's like 50 people, you know, trying out or whatever, or band, you know, you get on some list or whatever, you know, so it, you don't get to do it all. And I just want to, you know, try everything. I enjoyed just about every aspect. School was never really, you know, difficult for me per se, you know, I, I, I was never a bad student or something like that. Yeah, no, I, I hear that. And it was, it was fun. You're right. The, the concept of I get to not have to is, is, uh, is, is dead on and, and so many opportunities to, to experience it. Rio, I say it uh, all the time here on the podcast, uh, Kyle, you know, you go into high school and, and you were following up some amazing classes at, uh, athletically Rio Hondo football at that time was just on fire. And I have, right. I have, let's see, I have a, a memory from you in each sport. If, if I'll share and then let you comment football, <laughs> okay. basketball and baseball. Um, yeah. Well, I'll go. Can I go back one more? You can. Yeah. One thing like in seventh grade, I think it was like, this memory is coming back to me. Like I'm at camp and it's like Mike Murphy was, you know, doing pac 12 and Gary and Del Kirby um but they're like you know you have yeah jason let he was number one you know he was a tailback at rhp now you got jacob blake you know he's tailback you know we need you to be the next tailback at rhp you know you t- carry on that number one um uh, jersey you know at, at rhp and so that that kind of stuck with me where and i i went home and i was kind of like fired up so i you know afterwards it was kind of like when my parents told me I wasn't going and I had to enroll in Hollandcrest. I was a little bit disappointed, but you know, God has a plan and Oh yeah. It out. <laughs> There's a little spark in there deep down. It was like, hey, right, I, right. I got to follow up. I got to take, take the reins next. So, uh, you know, in high school, uh, you were a guy talented dude. You were, you were amongst really talented guys, Jason Dennis, Ryan press. I mean, uh, John Echeria, just a, a ton of guys right. uh, in your class, but the class uh, above you guys was really skilled the class below. I mean, just uh just a great time to be at rio and i remember it was uh your senior year cif championship game against kuyama valley this is we're gonna go football first and uh you were the quarterback and i don't think you've played much quarterback until your senior year if i'm not mistaken that that's right so i was i was the backup of the backup my junior (laughs) year because you you had heady and then you had brandon sosa um and then i and then i came in um yeah, the third, <laughs> the third string. Mop it up. Uh, yeah, no. I remember, then, so I, oh, go ahead. And we were kind of like Jeremiah De Leon. He was, he was going to be 
you know, the potential, you know, starting quarterback varsity level um, through JVs, you know, I was even back up to Jeremiah. So when he transferred to LaSalle, it's like, who's going to be quarterback, you know, and Dinius and I were like, you know, we're not going to let Hersema come up here. This guy? Yeah. (laughs) So we'll go for it, you know? (laughs) Cause I was, I was running the tailback like uh, Archangel and stuff like that. My junior year. Um, Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it, so I, you're. Uh, they put in a few more running plays for the quarterback. That's I, right. I, I thought you know that that senior year. So uh, we're playing Kuyama, and I was actually I came up for the playoffs. So I got to suit up with you guys, and it was so cool to you know be on the varsity right, and everything. Right, right, right. You guys did all the work, and we just got to you know. So uh, you guys get a big lead in the CIF final, and I get uh, you know Hersema, you're in, you know. So I got to get snaps in a CIF championship <laughs> right, as a right. sophomore. I think the third snap, their best player, Batiste. Yeah. Or, or Julio, Bautista. I think it's Julio, Julio Bautista, right? Was Dude it? did everything. Yeah. Right. I hand the ball off, which is, was my specialty. And uh, <laughs> I'm standing back there and he just comes full speed and lays me out. He knew a sophomore right. was in there. They were mad because yeah. they were losing. Just clocks me. Total late hit. They flag it. I'm on the ground. <laughs> I get up and I start like clapping. I start like taunting at That's him. Right. I have a flag hit me for an unsportsmanlike. Right. <laughs> And Mr. Drain, I see Mr. Drain put you back in for two reasons. Right. Number one, Hersma's an idiot. And number two, hey, they, they just hit our guy. Let's go score again. So you went in right. and then busted a long play for a touchdown, if my memory serves me correctly. That's correct. Yeah. <laughs> and exactly. Mr. Lunny, Almost- Mr. Mr. Lunny was so mad at me. He's like, we don't need guys on varsity who do that or something. I was just like, I just got rocked. What am I supposed to do? Right. Yeah, I'm watching the whole thing. I'm like waiting, you know. <laughs> championship game it's uh, my last game my last football game right of my career uh i don't want to hurt somebody there <laughs> you know these guys are punks you know kuyama um so yeah so mr drain yeah he sees what tires am i doing over there you know <laughs> get in there corral <laughs> quarterback stinks or something yeah he called some play you took off running and scored again i think i don't know but we, we did score yeah. again we, we won the game and uh yeah I was like, man, right. I'm off to a rough start on this whole varsity thing. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> so, one of my fondest memories and you guys with the great senior leadership. You guys lost, you know, in the semifinal the year before to those Grace Brethren guys. I hate that Oh, school. I know. They had our number. But uh, yeah. what was it like to come back the next year and to uh, to leave no doubt, really, and to, to win a championship after losing? Because <clears throat> Rio was on. We had won three in a row. You guys lost in the semis, and then we ended up winning two more. So we could have theoretically won six in a row so you guys broke the yeah. streak but then came back strong to start a new one right yeah that <clears throat> the year before that that was a tough game um mm. but we did have like senior year the, the one drawback i had is like we had one loss in the season um who was it some <sighs> school is that the ravens Bloomington, what is that? Bloomingdale's as Bloomington. I call it. Blooming, Bloomington yeah. Christian. Oh, so school. Bloomington <laughs> gave us our one defeat and they were in the large school. So our one thing, like if there was anything we could have, if, if we could have large school, small school, that would have been like the epic, yeah. but never, never came about. But that was like our, our one, you know, because we were, we were pumping up that game, like no one's business. And then, <laughs> <laughs> they had this rusher Tate 
I don't remember, I remember. his first name, but Tate. Do you remember him? Yeah. No? Okay. okay, but Honger was supposed to uh, block him, right? <laughs> <laughs> and Honger's an emotional guy, right? <laughs> so, Dave, no. Come on. <laughs> so he puts Tate, you know, on his shoes, so he's walking all over him all day long. <laughs> I love it at school. So, you know, and then, you know, Tate ends up destroying us, you know, messing with the backfield and stuff. And they, they also had a real good receiver, a real tall guy that we had a hard time with. No, that but, was, I, that was a homecoming game. I remember it. And I was yeah. in the stands just losing my mind. We couldn't block. We couldn't tackle much either. Right. And that I'm was just Tate. like, that was him. I remember him running yeah. over the line. And then the next year we swore we were going to beat these guys. We're going to avenge them. And we went on the road and they kicked our heads in. So it was just like <laughs> Bloomingdale, right. Bloomington. I hate you guys. That's uh, right. And then you hear the Ravens when you're away. Raven, like, yeah. Oh, oh, man. Oh, my goodness. The Raven Nevermore or whatever that Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> right Edgar Allen Pope. Never I didn't more. read anything in high school oh but anyway so you got to go out on top and uh yeah I it was uh it was motivating for us to come back and do it next year because we we're like man this is these guys set the example and we need to step up and right. and, and follow business and that's what real hondo prep football is about right. in my opinion what what can you speak of Kyle to I got a few more sports questions for you but just real hondo prep football and the brand that it really is and has the tradition that has get carried on. Uh, what, what are you, what can you speak of to just the brand that is real Hondo football? Basically the tradition is championship level. So it's like, you're always, if you're not championship level, it's just kind of like everyone knows, Hey, you know, this is, this is not, this is not good. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so, but even <clears throat> Like you don't have to be the best team out there, but it's like you you gotta represent championship level on the field, you know. And, and it it means different things, you know, at different times, you know, not giving up that kind of thing where you're fighting the whole time. Um, th- that I think that's what it means to me, you know. It's like fighting, you're hitting hard, no ma- no matter your size, you know. There there's times where it's like in football, especially where it's just like you could just be outmanned you know it's like <clears throat> we played schools that we beat like you know Kilpatrick or something like that or Masada where they just have these really good athletes um but it's like we're always in the game because of that championship uh, mentality yeah the cut that you, you represent which is great and compete I think there's a responsibility that uh, everyone right. who wears those those helmets shoulder pads uh, carries with them and and we we saw it uh, amazingly this year with them beating charter oak and the past few years with big wins over poly i mean the tradition is alive and well and i and i just love that um and and all the athletics are great but football is truly special if we're all being honest you know uh and and i just think the the tradition does does in fact continue and you guys were a huge part of that kyle if i must say so myself so uh thank you for doing that and i have a basketball story of all things you know, you're a big oh, yeah. hoops guy, right? Mr. Basketball. Yeah. Okay. No, I don't know how I got a starting position. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Start, you were the, do the I, dirty I, like, work. I, I wasn't good. So I had to figure out a way, you know, cause I'm, I'm going to compete, you know, I'm going to sing on the bench isn't my, uh, you know, a way of taking a sport off. 
you know, it's uncomfortable. So, the bench is uncomfortable. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah. But right <laughs> at that time you had the bulls, the, um, you know, Jordan and the bulls out there. So it was like, I looked at their, t- their team makeup and I was like, dude, Dennis Rodman, that's like me, you know, it's like, I can do what he does. So I started to just kind of watch what Dennis Rodman did. And, um, you know, not necessarily at, you know, total Dennis Rodman, but like getting on the court, on the court. Yeah. Yeah. On the court, of course. (laughs) But that you needed that little, that fire, you know, um, and, you know, defense, pick up loose balls, all that kind of stuff. So I kind of took that as, you know, a badge of like, dude, I could do this. Yeah. You know, my and, kind of guy. And know my role. As long as you know your role, you know, I'm not trying to score, you know, it's like, I don't really want to, you know, <laughs> I'd get open layups and Mr. Drain would be yelling at me, you know, slow down or whatever. It's like, don't off the backboard. But yeah, so that, that's kind of what. So yeah, you were, you were a hustle guy, take charges, you know, fight with the, you know, pick fights with the big guys and have them swing at yeah. you and be like, Oh, I didn't do anything. You know, that kind of stuff, right. uh, which, which uh, I, I definitely crafted pretty well myself, but I remember <laughs> I've never seen this before, which is why I'm bringing it up. It was at Pasadena Poly and I've heard of like three fouls in the first half before oh, yeah. by a guy, you know, that's a, you had four fouls in the first quarter, not the half that's right. quarter. How do you get four fouls in the first quarter? You probably had six, they, they, honest, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe not. They they had this guy, Sergeant, who was like their best player. So I was convinced I'm going to get in this guy's head. I'm going to shut him out, you know, kind of thing. So the last foul, like, he literally pushed me and I got the foul. Like, he – Wasn't it a double foul, I think? Yeah, but he got one foul. It's like my fourth foul, you know. It's like I was, I was in his head. So I was like doing my job. (laughs) (laughs) I just wish I could have been out there a little longer. But yeah, because yeah, your fifth came not too long after that. But there was there was some silly fouls in there that you know I didn't really need, but. You know, well, there there often are some silly fouls in the poly gym. I, I don't know what it is. If it's like contagious or what the deal is. But time Rio goes into that gym, there's some uh, yeah shady calls. We'll say, and I'm a referee defending uh, usually my crap. Yeah, you're always defending those refs. <laughs> I'm like they called it because okay, never, they just don't like Kyle Corral. They're gonna foul him out. Uh, yeah. anyway. But anyway, that's my basketball story for you. I just was like, I'm gonna be him, but not get that. Not I'm not get gonna so get so many fouls. I'm not gonna get not gonna caught. get caught exactly that was the lesson i learned from that was like okay you got to be more stealthy because i honestly i i played you know a lot of basketball and i don't think i fell that very much and anyone who knows me knows i was extremely dirty so dirty and uh uh stealth, stealthy you were, i guess you were not quite as quick as i was so you're no. more in the low post where you could kind of get away from it yeah. i would kind of bounce around so i would i would take the ball up you know just to make them hustle up the court and stuff like that. And that's usually where I got, you know, fouls that were unnecessary where I'm trying to steal a quick pass inbounds or something like that. Um, <laughs> you know, usually the coach is like, get back or whatever, but I was kind of replaceable. So it's like, I needed to use up those fouls, you know, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> good man, good man. <laughs> that's so funny. Uh, so baseball was, in my opinion, it's hard because you were a heck of a football player, but I, I feel like baseball was your best sport. Was it, was it your favorite sport? In high school, it became my favorite sport. Right. But throughout my care career, football was always my, you know, favorite. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. But you were in an, in an era really of real Hondo prep baseball where there was, I, I don't know how to exp- express this. There was a, there was an emphasis. There was a passion for it. I think Mr. Loomis really brought out yeah. uh, an interest in guys to, Hey, this is something we can be good at. And it was right. uh, in 1999, you were a sophomore on the team and you came up and, and, and right. you, you were a catcher, I think most of your time and you were, you got thrown at the second base. And I remember you blocking balls like a catcher out there and, yeah. and uh, all the way to the CIF championship game. Uh, tell me, right. tell me about the 99 team. Yeah, that, that was a great team. Um, and had we had Jacob Blake being healthy that game, oh. um, I think we win that game. Uh, so, you know, that, that's kind of, but who knows, right? <laughs> yeah. But it, it was just, it was tough too, because I mean, well, that hadn't happened yet. Uh, and then the next year in football is what made the football w- loss worse the next year because uh, your sophomore year and then, you know, junior. So yeah, Jacob Blake, Mr. All everything, one of the best athletes right. ever to go through Rio hurts his hamstring in the championship game there at Blair field. And right. uh, yeah, you guys had a complete lineup, two very good pitchers, three, if you include Brian press and man, you guys just fell short. I think it was five to one or something, but uh, you guys, yeah. we believed in you and, and you guys had some amazing moments along that run. Right. The, the other thing was, <laughs> that was like the circus day. Do you remember that? Yeah. Like, yep. <clears throat> we had all go to the circus after. It, it, it was championship day. Right. We all go, we put up booths uh, at Citrus College uh, and then we sit outside of Papa John's right outside Citrus College, eat our team meal there and then head over to Blair Field. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know if that had any impact on no, th- this is Jacob something, Blake Sammy, but <laughs> there's been yeah, that 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 darn sandwich booth. Uh yeah, that is something I think Rio's done a better job at like, okay, let's not have mass construction on days of games, especially CIF championships. Let's let's have someone else do it, but you know, free labor sometimes. I don't know. I remember Landon's and Fred's class, like the bleachers weren't done yet on care field and so the day of the first game against grace brethren ironically they're out there in 100 degrees after school finishing the bleachers and then go play a football game and they got beat and it's like well what did you expect here? so yeah I, anyway. I don't mind that part though because i i view us as a blue collar like i i'm, I'm, so I'm like, with you i'm with you but the day of the game <laughs> that's a little that's a little tough the day of the game that's all i'm saying let's do it a week before where, you know yeah I don't mind it so much. You know, I, yeah. I don't, I don't think that took away from what we did. It, it, it's a, it's a good story. And it's like, it's something we'll remember, you know, it's like, yeah. <laughs> so, so getting that I, close to a, a CIF championship in baseball, your, your class specifically, uh, you then went into your junior year and the, and the great class ahead of you guys became seniors. To me, mm-hmm. it was that year when you guys were juniors that, Everyone, everyone was all in, like, we are going to win a baseball championship. We were that close. Talk to me about that year in 2000. Yeah, that was another good year. Um, So, yeah, I I think we're, yeah, especially that, that they, like, Hetty and Almond, they were like baseball guys. So they kind of led, led that charge and, you know, created that environment and it kind of was it was perry and um sergio the year before you know they were they were like all 
all year they're talking about baseball rather than you know football or whatever else it's wrong yeah very like basketball too but you know it, it was just their thing so <clears throat> um yeah they, they kind of brought brought created the environment for that team but you didn't mention like each year that we lost we ended up losing you know it was the finals semifinals and quarterfinals mm. but it was the people who won each of those you know championships so it's like you know each team that we lost to ended up becoming the champion so even though it was semifinals the next year in 2000 they were the champions um it's just in baseball you could have an off day you're not having a series or anything where you know especially our senior year that one is probably the most memorable and gives me nightmares to this day yeah you guys get back to the semifinals you get to play grace brethren who beat you guys on a neutral field the year before in the title game this time it's at care care field um uh this is the golden opportunity they had beat you guys in football that year in the fall right everything was built this is one of the biggest build-up baseball games i ever remember at, at real hondo prep and semifinal. here we go and unfortunately yeah <laughs> doesn't go our way. right that's right. Now I I had Almond on here. He said he came in, he gave up the big home run, and then I think uh-huh. he threw it a I threw it. Sosa was like, "Hey, we're seniors. Throw at this guy or something." I think that's how it went down. <laughs> I don't remember yeah. exactly, but yeah, I don't. Yeah, my memory is a little off in that year because there were some games that are a little clearer, like Marietta. I thought was a better baseball team do you remember going down to uh, i remember i thought you broke your elbow on the first pitch of the game yeah that was you said yeah. it didn't hit you or it did hit no you? It, it, it hit my like my jersey but, okay you know so but i'm gonna play it off you know i'm getting my base yeah because <laughs> i don't want to face this guy. this guy this guy's throwing gas you know it's like <laughs> I they're huge that. it was like I thought they were a better team. I don't know how we won that game. So it's like I don't either. Everything, I don't either. Everything after that point, I was kind of like, man, this must be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys, that's right. I forgot about that. You guys pulled off a huge upset there. When you won that game, I was like, there's no way these guys are losing. They're going yeah. all the way. And unfortunately, right. that those darn Lancers and Grace Brethren uh, beat you right. in the semifinal. Yeah. Oh, very frustrating. We have to talk about all these. See, see, it's funny to me. You remember the painful losses more than the that's joys. Right. That, you know, that's just natural. So uh, you get to your senior year. You lost a lot of guys. Okay, but you're seniors. You're confident. You and Press have been playing since sophomore. Right. Maybe, um, you know, Rossiter. See, Ross was, Rossiter was, yeah, he he didn't quite make the – he was on the cusp um, that sophomore year. So he was kind of – he played up a couple games and stuff like that. So he was on the cusp of – so he was, he was that. But that a great, a great time. baseball player. Outstanding. I mean, an incredible right. left-handed swing dude, right. just, uh, just hit crush balls. And uh, you know, I, I hate, I hate bringing up this memory. Cause I was there. I was on the boat. I was there as a fan. Uh, I was a sophomore. Yeah. I had a lot of t- classmates on this game, but the, the infamous quarterfinal loss to Avalon right. who ended up going on to win the championship. What do you remember right. about that game? And I know you do. Yeah, that that game. There's the list, you know. Yeah. There's yeah. I don't know where to start on that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how about how about leading seven nothing? I, I how about how about leading seven nothing after like two innings? How about that? 
10 to 1 at some 10 point. 10 to 1? 10 to 1, oh. yeah. <clears throat> oh, that hurts. That hurts. Man. Right. So, so we're almost and run them, right? <clears throat> and I think that's kind of where it went down. Um, I don't know. Yeah. So I don't know exactly the situation, but I think, you know, everything's working out for us. <clears throat> I think I hit a double or something on second base. And then I don't know who's behind me. So I was first. I don't remember my, our order. But like I, someone else gets a hit, right? So I'm rounding third base. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know, my perception, something was off where the fence was closer to the bag than I was used to. So when I, when I rounded it, I was going to hit the fence. <laughs> so I yeah. slipped and I'm rolling in the fence. Um, I could, I could still picture Mr. Loomis like standing over me <laughs> and he doesn't know what to tell me. Cause it's like yeah. it, the ball's still in the outfield, but I'm still rolling around like go home. You know, you can still score. And he, he tells me to go back to the bag, you know, and then I don't know who someone you, else you got were gonna be. You guys had a big lead. Um, right. Avalon came back, tied it, took whatever, took the lead late in games. And yeah, you were going to be the tying run in like the sixth, maybe the seventh. And we're rounding that bag. And yeah, the fence was tight and the angle. Right. Anyway, you go down, you end up not scoring later. And uh, right. Rio, Rio loses by, I think, one run. Right. So <clears throat> I think that's kind of when it went down. Now, I think I would have been the 10th run. So like, like we would have been up by 10. Oh, um, to end it. To, yeah, to end it. <clears throat> but then from that point on, I, I think we'd had to go a couple more innings before the 10-run rule would be enforced. Because this is like probably second or third inning. I don't know exactly what the rules are. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it was something, just one run, either neat tying right, it right, or right. whatever it was. I just so, remember that. Yeah. But then we don't, I, we don't score after that point. Everything else goes down, you know. Yeah, base it was, runners it was, running into our infielders. You have oh, Echeverria right. one that gets hit out there. He doesn't put his hands up, so they give the guy a triple instead of a ground double. Uh, you have the pipe that goes along the. <laughs> so, like, like I don't know what what it designated, but if you hit it over the pipe, it's this or you yeah. Know. And then the umpire, he wouldn't call, he wouldn't call a curveball for a strike. So. That and was you're the catcher, a, and you're right, the catcher, right. so you got the view. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're an honest man. I know you. <laughs> so he he just wouldn't call it, you know, any curveball. So it's like, you know, I think Press was pitching, but he's just he he has to you know pipe it, and they're gonna hit it. You know, it's like if we can't get that, you know, the corners, you know, for a curveball, you know, this isn't gonna work. So yeah, eventually, I'm I'm getting frustrated back there. I'm kind of showing the umpire up, which probably isn't helping, like by <laughs> by holding my glove out there a little longer than it should have. Um, so, as an umpire, you probably know that you're probably not, from this point on, it doesn't matter how close it is, you're not. Yeah, gonna that, doesn't that doesn't help too much. That doesn't help too much. No, I remember all these details. This is that that game for me was just like everything that could go right went right, and then right. everything that could go wrong went wrong. It was That's the right. weirdest baseball game I've ever seen. And I've seen a lot of them. And yeah, the, inter yeah. the possible interference play, the, the Echeverria, 
So to, right. to tell fans Jordan about gets this, picked off. Jordan, pay attention, Jordan. Uh, <laughs> uh, not his last time picked off either. Love that guy. But um, so to paint a picture for people, this is Avalon High School, which is on Catalina Island. So it's uh, the only high school there. And they play sports against the small schools and everything because of small enrollment. So their field was like super small. So there's the center field fence that's probably... I don't know, 200 feet from home point, would you say? So, so there's a fence yeah. and, and there's, then it's just the, the mountain and up on the mountain, there's this white pipe that if you hit it over that pipe, it's a home run. But unfortunately, if you hit it over the fence it, for 200 feet, it's just, it's a ground roll double because it's so short. So Avalon would just pepper in it over that fence, double, double, yeah. double to get back into this game that Rio was winning like 10 to one. Right. Yeah, so we start. We had like a, you know, because that that right field was so short that we'd move. I think Dinius was playing uh, right, so we moved them more to like a rover, a rover that extra right, infielder, yeah. So to try to get us, you know, an edge, but yeah, and there was and there was a guy on the pipe yelling at us, like <laughs> <laughs> so he's. he's He's on the field because he's on the pipe, you know? Yeah. And so there, he's yelling at us or whatever. And then <clears throat> I don't know what rule it was, but Mr. Drain, I think it was Mr. Drain or Mr. Loomis or something. I think it was Mr. Drain because I talked to him. Um, he says, you know, I don't know what rule it was, but the umpire's like, he, Mr. Drain's yelling at him. It's like, that's not the rule. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, I'll, I had the rule book right here. And he goes, if you bring that rule book out of here, I'm going to throw you out of this game. <laughs> and Mr. Jones like, what is going on here? You know, Might, like, yeah, that's right. Might have been worth it. No, to, to hey, this is black and white right here. That's, uh, right. Let's fix hey, this. this. rule. Yeah. But um, no, I mean, yeah, so many. And I just remember Rossiter hit a ball. If, the, if, if there's, thank goodness there was a mountain there because that thing would still be going. He hit when those guys were heckling him and, and he just hit right. one over. That was one of the. <laughs> biggest bombs i've ever seen incredible game um you guys yeah. lost and a rough boat ride home to uh end your senior year of playing ball and i remember mr loomis walked from third base he picked up whoever had made <laughs> the last bat. out yeah. and yeah. he launched that, that, that was ross. ross ross was the last strikeout because i'm like dude if i get up this is my dream right here right <laughs> so i'm like I'm, I'm getting on you know it's like yeah. <laughs> but, uh, like oh shoot i gotta go through this sophomore <laughs> you better get on you know so i don't know <laughs> oh but mr Lewis picked that bat up and launched that sucker and uh right. into the dugout i mean I, I was just like oh and it was in that moment as that bat's flying through the air where i'm like man it's our turn now it's <laughs> these guys took their shot and it's over. And it was the first moment for me of realizing the finality of right. your athletic career and seeing that in that instant moment, I became a junior and you right. guys were done and everything you'd worked so hard for was, was over. Now there's bigger and better things, but at the time, right. as a teenager, that's, that's right. everything to us. That's man. It. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. We that's had, uh, <laughs> yeah. Then we had, camp cleanup day or memorial day weekend i think was right after that so <laughs> i think the next day we went up to camp to do the fire clearance and stuff like that but yeah i don't know yeah it's 
it is what <laughs> it is. Not what it all, is, uh, right? not all memories, not all great memories or right. good memories, you know, and uh, they're learning right. experiences for sure. And, right. I uh, think it it made made me a better man, you know, losing probably better than winning. Um, good point. Just because you have to continue to fight, you know, it's like nothing's going to be given to you, you know. <laughs> you you just point. you keep fighting, you know. <clears throat> so, yeah, I think I think losing creates more character depending on how you take it than than winning yeah because it's all about how you respond big time right. it reveals you know your true character and um yeah i remember that it was a long boat ride home and just seeing everything and being like oh man we're not gonna let this happen and then we never won a playoff game we lost in the first round <laughs> the two the next two years so it was kind of like that excellent era of real hondo baseball right. ended so fast it was so right. big and then ended quickly and Right. They've won a title a few years ago, but yeah, I will never, never forget the early two thousands. Right. Yeah. It, it was definitely, yeah, we, we were, we were trying to be that first one. And that, that was what like Sergio yeah. and Perry would always be like telling us, Oh, we're, you know, you know, this is, this is going to be us. So then we try to take it, you know, but uh, yeah, it just didn't work out. You know? <laughs> live and learn, live and learn. Well, yeah. well Kyle, well, Kyle, you're going to RHLA and we had the, uh, you know, opportunity to be in RHLA at the time for a while and uh, coaching kids and, and this and that. But I would say your, your biggest contribution um, to, to Cary Youth League thus far has been uh, among the group that spearheaded efforts really to expand to Upland. And I, I want to hear from you kind of about maybe some people that were skeptical, not specifically, but if people were skeptical on your, your idea here, or if, if it was, if it was people that were totally supported or, or what were the challenges and where did you, where did you get this idea of, you know what, I want to be the guy that expands care youth league eastward. Mm-hmm. So it kind of back, back then we did things a little different. So like, um, like partially we had like jobs. I don't know if you had it in fact, but I had to like mow Russell park, the infields. <clears throat> so I was mowing R- Russell park and I-, I just felt like the Lord was speaking to me and like, there's more than just here. And, <clears throat> and there's more kids that need to be reached kind of thing. And so from that point on, like I spoke to Mr. Bollinger who started the Gators and he was kind of all for it. Yeah. Let's do it. You know, let's see what happens. So we brought up, we, we, like I composed like a letter to send to all the staff and like introduce them to what, what we're thinking and then asked for anyone that was interested in, you know, taking part in this. And we had a few, you know, prayer support versus, you know, being in there um, on the front lines. So, you know, we had response from different people and, yeah, I think um, that that's kind of always been my mission. Now is 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 expansion, and it's more of like a, a missionary mindset where going out <clears throat> because I think the Care Youth League model is needed. You know, everywhere. You know, it's like, yeah. but it's so it is so labor intensive. You know. Um, needing dedicated staff and stuff like that so i am seeing you know what what it really takes now and and you know going forward how do we need how do we expand and you know 
keep creating leaders that want to do this and sacrifice and um, do all that kind of stuff. What were, what were some of the challenges and, and how did you guys end up uh, landing in Upland? Were there other ideas of possible expansion, like maybe Orange County or uh, I don't know, high desert or something. How did you guys end up at Upland? So, yeah, we were, we were open to go anywhere, you know? Um, so I was like canvassing the area, Simi Valley, um, down in Marietta, um, Redlands, you know, it, we, I was looking for, you know, a piece of the land, something, something we could start with, you know? So there was, there was an abandoned park and, uh, near Marietta there's like a county area I don't know what it's called but there was an abandoned park there um so we we tried that and got nothing there um but then we uh Dave, Dave and I we were kind of going out and I I actually created like a little matrix <clears throat> like statistically uh, I had taken advanced stats and stuff like that so I wanted to go up about it you know in a in a very um we got you know exponential way so it's like so i'm just not going around the country <clears throat> so i i kind of analyze you know the type of schools the size of the cities um that like towards covina and and arcadia that you know created the environment of care you know so that we could find it you know somewhere else and we could narrow down our search because you know southern california is gigantic right <laughs> um so kind of narrowing down that focus to you know schools school district sizes and, and and different things um to make a matrix and then canvassing those areas so the, the, the areas that i mentioned fit that uh radius or data set um when we're looking wow but anyway <laughs> so we're looking around and then dave asked um I'm, I'm not good with names so name jim key's uh father-in-law i can't i can't remember his name i should but and he's like you know there's this place in there's this church that i'm affiliated with or something he knew somebody in upland <clears throat> so we go to this one church it's now water of life um church uh off uh a street in upland but they're like yeah we don't really we don't really have anything but there's this Pacific Christian Center, you know, up the road, you know, they have a basketball gym, you know, maybe, maybe you could check there. And then, so we go over there, we knock on their door. Um, and then there's a man named Ken Becker who was managing the facility at the time. And, and we see, you know, a dirt lot and we're like, Hey, you know, what's that dirt lot over there? You know, the careway kind of thing. Can we put some, you know, grass on it um, and make it a field? And he's like, yeah, go for it. You know? So that's kind of, how we got upland and, and upland did fit in that you know data matrix not by not by design you know like we weren't looking specifically for upland but you know it ended up working out that way we did look in rancho because there were some there were some um like churches like that have like huge lots of land and we're like dude yeah. a church you know all this land you know what better place you know for us to like do it but you know we would get the Nah, you know, not the right time. We have plans for this. And, you know, today it's still, it's still vacant land. It's like, come <laughs> on guys, you know, be stewards. Um, but anyways. <laughs> oh, no, that's, uh, it's really interesting because I remember that was the big, um, 
the big mystery where where's it you know you guys got the green light from the organization right. and it was like where, where's this going to end up and um when you guys landed in upland i almost felt like it it it, it worked out exactly how it should have because upland's also right. just far enough away where it seems farther from rio right. and care covina but you can still travel there and compete without losing a whole day's travel and stuff like that right you know? right so, right um and it sounds like it's it's where god wanted you guys to be right at. and, and yeah and what, Oh, good. It definitely wasn't mine. Like I, <laughs> I wanted to go, I wanted to go to Mexico or something like that. So it was like, it was, it really was you know, God leading us in, to that spot. Like I, I would have preferred Murrieta so that we could kind of be all alone and see if it will really work outside gotcha. the comfort of, you know, mom and dad kind of thing, supporting <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and commuter analogy, commuter like, college. Yeah. Commuter college. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> it ended up, you know, you know, God's. So, so what, um, so tell me, and, and, and forgive me if I, if I leave some names off, but if I remember it was you, Mike Murphy, Dave Carson, Jr. Um, I think maybe Pauline Murphy. Um, it was a small group of you guys, right? Yeah. JR was also part of that. JR Calderon. Yeah. I can't forget his, his great work. And what was it like? What were those first few days like? of basically, I mean, it's nothing any of us have ever, but you're, you're basically starting care youthly. How many kids showed up? What, what, was there hiccups? What was the first couple of days like doing care upland? Yeah. So we started with basketball because we knew, you know, basketball has smaller teams and things like that. Our intention was always to be self-sufficient. So it was like, we have four teams there. Um, and then, you know, kind of grow from there and have areas of our own out there. Um, so that that was always our vision going into it um so we started with basketball and the first day you know we sent out flyers to schools and we got about 40 40 kids i think it was like k through second maybe or k and one where we're starting the youngest kids and then kind of building them up um as they grow and kind of build build from there so there was about 40 kids, boys and girls. So we, we, we basically ran like a clinic um, and, you know, made teams from there. And then we moved on to other, other sports. Um, so we would, we, we used like some parks um, for football and baseball. And, and there's some experiences there where, it's, you know, because, because like you have these juggernauts of care, care you know areas you know it's like these guys aren't gonna give you anything you know like everyone's still competitive so it's like when you have a group of everybody is new at football it's like those those first years were really tough where it's like motivation keeping keeping kids motivated to play football when you have these you know these juggernauts you know like they got their system down and stuff like that (laughs) Yeah, so eventually we didn't have enough numbers to do four teams, especially in the bigger sports, football, baseball, and stuff like that. So then we we combined to do one one strong area. Gotcha. But, yeah. And how long has it been? What what year was was the expansion? Two thousand six. Two thousand six. So that was like the first two thousand six. Well, it was January two thousand six where we started that basketball. Um, so we started like getting phone calls and stuff like that before that leading up 
in 2005, but we started January 2006. Man, that's that's crazy to think about that it's been that yeah, long. Yeah, 20 and years, right. 12, 15, yeah. 20, 16 years. I mean, yeah, what right. what is the current status of uh, the Upland program? How, you know, teams and you guys still at the same site? What what, what uh, what's the Upland Care Youth League experience like now? Yeah, so we're we're at um we're at the same site at Pacific Christian Center um in Upland and like like the rest of Care Youth League our numbers right right now are through the roofs. Like we're, we have more kids than we've ever had, um, you know, throughout. What do you, what do you attribute that to? Is it, is it everyone being locked up for a year and a half or so? Yeah, probably. That's what, that's the only thing we could kind of really chalk it up to. Uh, the only, um, you know, variable that is really yeah. tangible that we could see that has been the difference. Because it wasn't that long ago, Kyle, where, you know, numbers were really down and care right. was, you know, they were, you know, struggling a little bit. We needed uh, more kids right. involved and, you know, God has provided a, 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 a big in, uh, a surplus of kids now. And now right. it's up to the, uh, <laughs> to, to have yeah. more leaders. And stuff. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. We're, we're at the first time where it's like, we are maxed out on every team where wow. it's like, we cannot take any more kids because <laughs> you know, we just can't serve them because it's, it's, you know, it, we're talking 20, 30 kids on a team. Now you're trying to divide up in two teams and then all this kind of stuff where we really need, you know, more leaders to, to serve them. No, definitely. And, and, and let me ask, has, has care really improved as far as they've always done a decent job of like, we'll say advertising, you know, to get the word out, Hey, here's the program. Are, are you seeing more and more families come to you guys? Hey, we've heard great things about this organization, or is it, are you still having to explain yourself who carries league is, or is the, is the, uh, the brand out there a lot more now? Yeah, I, I would I, like, we used to send out, um, you know, flyers to schools. That was like our big draw and getting membership. Um, they stopped doing that. And that, that attributed to, to the lack of, like the decline in attendance. So we were, we weren't able to get to the schools anymore directly. So then we did banners um, for a while, but now, you know, we do very little banners. It's just, it probably a lot of it is due to, you know, Santa Fe um, care park being oh, yeah. such a, you know, in a place that's highly visible, you know, it, it, it kind of markets itself. So it's yeah. like, you know, you have millions of cars driving through there, um, <laughs> you know, every year. So it sure beats having to like, find uh, the Arcadia complex at the very end of a street, right? right, right. That's tucked away, <laughs> exactly. complete opposite. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's right there, right in front of you. So like marketing wise, we're doing a little more like being more visible on social media and things like that. And, uh, James Key uh, is helping that, you know, kind of keep up when people ask questions and stuff like that to answer those questions and be able to be available for people. Um, Cause that, that's kind of where, you know, people are searching where they search is, you know, you go online to find a baseball program and stuff and trying to keep our, you know, our social, social media and, um, you know, web-based presence. Yeah. 
that's the way it's the way of the world uh, these days. And you got to stay, right. stay out there and relevant. And, uh, you know, I, I think there is a hunger for parents to find a sports league like Care Youth League and a school like Rio because there are so many negative experiences now. I mean, I, I used to, to, to be at uh, gyms and, and ba- Little League and Pony Fields and, you know, it, it, it's chaos out there. I mean, parents and, and right. adults seem to ruin, ruin the experience at times, but I think Care right. has done a wonderful job of continuing to be, you know, that good foundation, that, 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 that place that everything's going to be clean and and do things the right way and a great experience for families. So keep up the good right. work. I know funding is always yeah. a big thing, you know, donations right. from people and you guys just had some recent uh, fundraiser experience in you at angel stadium. That's right. Yeah. We had our sponsorship drive and that some people, we, we used to always do the circus, right? <clears throat> yeah. Everyone loves the circus, right? <laughs> but there came a point where it was just like, you know, is, is it, is what what is our goal here are we trying to raise money or are we trying to have a good time you know so so we kind of transitioned into having a fee that covers all all the fundraising and things like that and then offer team sponsorships and um more corporate giving um from our board to kind of alleviate some of those overhead costs um so yeah we did our fundraising event we raised about fifty thousand dollars um for the program which is good and yeah we had about 150 sponsors which is good uh we hope you know to raise it of course (laughs) over the years um but yeah i think things are going well so what exactly was this uh, Angel Stadium? Was it a, a I saw photos that uh, you talked off the air with me briefly about it. It was a, a breakfast or a, a luncheon or something. Was there, were, were you guys speaking or take, take, yeah, take so, me through? A... So um, our Angel Stadium brunch, we, we run two kind of separate campaigns. One is for a team base where it's like teams could get sponsors for their team and they get, you know, decals on their helmets, banners for the sites and things like that. Um, and then the sponsor will get two tickets to go to this angel stadium brunch. And then we also have the other side where it's more friends of board members or mm. contacts that we have business wise that will buy a table to the event. So the event is like a VIP event um, where you know, it's $200 for a ticket, but we, we put on this really good event, you know, live music and um, kind of tell the care story to yeah. all these donors that are there and kind of capture them in what we're doing and why there's a need to support this specific organization. Cause there's, there's a lot of great organizations out there, right? Oh, yeah. um, they're doing great things, but we also think we have something great that is needed by our community, um, by these kids, for the everyday kid, you know, and we need we need support. So that that's kind of what we do there. We 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 tell the essential care care story. Um, you know, we have guest former members speak there. We have you know Mr. Horn MCs, and it, you know just a great event <laughs> yeah oh no so much has changed so much has changed i mean the, the right. circus is no more there's other fundraisers and you know there was so much work that went into the circus for everyone from the top down it's right. like 
so it's worth the effort we put in, you know, and then right. the accurate for you thinner. Do they still do anything like that anymore? So is that it, kinda... It's kind of like this is a version. Brunch is kind of like turned into that. Okay. Right? Well, so and it's kind of morphed. Of, and you, you could do it at a site. Yeah. Like, Hey, Angel right, Stadium. Right. Oh, cool. This is uh this is neat. We, we might see Mike Trout or something if we, if we go right, there. Right. So, exactly. Yeah. So it, it, it gives a name to, because if you just say, hey, you want to come to the I Care For You dinner at you know, the pavilion, <laughs> you know, some high-level donor isn't necessarily going to take time to, to go down there, right? Good point. Yeah. <laughs> unless, you re- unless they really knew about us, but it's hard to get in front of them and tell our story. So it's like, this is kind of like the carrot, you know, to kind of get in front of them. Uh, we've done that at Dodger Stadium, the Rolls Bowl, and the locker rooms and stuff like that. Wow. So That's um, cool. Yeah, it's it, it, it's a cool event. Well, you guys, you got to embrace how unique you truly are. And I think anytime I hear people speak about the program, that is kind of the one thing that gets out there. Like there's nothing like Cary Youth League. There might be right. some things kind of, but no, there's nothing truly like Cary Youth League. Right. And that's what people need to hear. And, and I think people can definitely support more of what's the best way, uh, maybe someone who's listening to this, who is doesn't know anything about care youth league uh, is what's the best website maybe to learn about it or to see maybe some fundraising uh, options for, for donations, maybe. Yeah. So uh, KYL.org that's uh, care youth league's website. And then um, there's a donate link on the right-hand side, upper right-hand side where you could donate if you wanted to. Um, but if you, if you've never been to care youth league and you want to learn more, the best thing to do is to, you know, come on a tour or something like that reach out to me or someone in my department, um, Dan Kirby or Jay Lammers, and, you know, check it out for yourself. You see how special the place is, you know, with kids, you know, thousand kids running around um, and it's semi-chaotic, but um, very organized. Organized. Organized Man. chaos. Organized. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, yeah, that was Mr. Martin. He, he was organized chaos. So, <laughs> so yeah, that's what I would recommend because, you know, it, you could try to explain it to someone, but you, you just can't even grasp it. Like you got to see it. Even yeah. talking to my wife, like when I was first dating her, I intentionally didn't tell her everything up front. <laughs> like, there's like no way, like, how are you going to, and then like, we would, we'd be going to the Albertsons and Arcadia. And it's like, if you go to Albertson Arcadia, you're likely to see somebody from care youth like there. Right. It's like, <laughs> that's the spot. So yeah. we would, so I'd say hi to someone and how do you know that guy? You know, oh, that was my, you know, coaches, you know, whatever, or that was my sixth grade teacher or whatever, you know, it's like, yeah, but it, it, it's basically care. You think is a, it's a small town community mm. in a, in a big suburban, uh, you know, Southern California, which is like the most densely populated area, you know, 25 square miles in the oh, United yeah. States. So, <laughs> but you, I, I never lived in a small town, but I would expect that's kind of what, what you get. And I think there's a hunger for that in, in people today, like that community. It's like we live in these, you know, big, nice houses or whatever, brand new, whatever. And, but we don't have community. Like I talk mm. to parents now being the Upland site director and that's like, you know, people, you know, they're from other, other states or countries and it's like, I never thought I would get that again um, yeah. because that's what they were looking for. They thought they were going to give that up to move to Southern California. And 
it, it's really not around. I haven't seen it where it's like, you, you know, there's other churches that might have a little bit of it, but even churches are getting bigger and losing that, that community and that relationship with, with people. And, um, you know, I think, I think that's what I love about it the most, you know, it's like, you know, we talked about earlier, the brotherhood, it's like, I have that today, you know, it's like, I didn't lose that in high school. I have those brothers now, you know, coaching out there with me, you know, it's like, I can, you know, any given day, I know that guy next to me is like doing the same things I'm doing. It's like, it, it's a reassuring feel and brotherhood, you know, and serving, uh, and serving God in that way. Yeah. I, I think that's a, a great way to, uh, to wrap it up. I mean, I couldn't have said it better myself. It sounds like you're, 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 you're living your dream, Kyle, you're, you're doing the Lord's work literally. And, uh, man, uh, care youth league needs more guys like you guys and girls. And there are so Amen. many <laughs> great staff members there, uh, already people that have been affiliated and Upland has grown. I mean, you guys got your own, uh, church service out there now too, right? With That's Pastor right. Carson, man. That's right. Yeah. So, there are options for people, Upland, Covina, Arcadia, Irwindale, or maybe not Arcadia, Irwindale. And, uh, you know, it's, it's crazy to think that whatever it's been 15 years ago, none of this stuff existed. And now it's thriving and, uh, God is good, man. God is good. That's right. Amen. Kyle, thanks for doing this, man. I appreciate it. We'll, we'll try to get you guys some, uh, some new, new members somehow. And one more time, cookies and pints, uh, website right. or, uh, Instagram. Yeah, you said? Cookies and pints. Cookies. Cookies and Pints Instagram. Yeah, that's my my wife tells me Instagram is the way to go. Well, she she seems to uh, to know what she's doing. So <laughs> we'll look look for Kyle in the back washing uh, ice cream bowls or whatever. That's right. Come say hello yeah. and uh, make it a double scoop. You know what I mean? And and, yeah. and a well, cookie, of course. We're pints, so you get you got to get it in a pint. Yeah, pint of ice cream. So we have a big, a full pint, half pint, mini pint. So we're not scooping it. What a and then we a have ice cream to, sandwiches. Cookie to dip in, maybe or something. Like that. Yeah, we, we have ice options. cream sandwiches. Yeah, cookies are all of all of our pints of ice creams will have cookies in it. Oh, oh! So think about it. like what's your like like a McFlurry, right? Yeah, you little crumbs of cookie. That's like I want some cookies. But all of our ice creams will is like a signature blend of what my wife has concocted. You know, it's like it's bliss in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, believe it. You're gonna. You're, you're killing me. I, I, you know, with summer <laughs> six pack, and now I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to jog to Upland every day to get one of these. That's just right. Justify the crushing these calories, but uh, <laughs> everyone, make sure to check out Cookies and Pints in downtown Upland. Make the drive if you're close by, and uh, they open in in June here. So, Kyle, can't thank you enough. Thanks for all your your work, man, and for the memories. And uh, looking forward to, to some cookies and ice cream here real soon. All right. Thank you very much. Kyle Corral, the one and only, uh, the one-time Academy president. He was always a, a, a team captain, usually on those teams. And the guy, again, that I looked up to greatly in high school. And uh, what a competitor you could see. He's got energy uh, going into this new business venture with his wife and just continues to do great work for Care Youth League, expanding the program. And it's awesome to hear that the program has uh, expanded and gotten you know a much bigger population, enrollment, whatever you want to call it. Um, there's always room for more kids out there and definitely they need uh, more coaches here and there. And Care Youth League is still one of the finest 
uh, youth sports organizations around. I would put it up against uh, anything in the world, really. And we're fortunate to have them here in Southern California with locations in Upland, Covina, and now Irwindale. So uh, you can't miss the Care Youth League uh, venue if you're driving off the 605 freeway just south of the 210 and uh, right before the Live Oak exit there uh, uh, by the Santa Fe Dam. A, a, a great facility with fields and courts and uh, all kinds of great stuff uh, for, for families to spend a, a Saturday on or a weeknight on. And uh, it's just things like that that have really propelled Care Youth League into a, a next level and into a new generation, Willie. And it was Kyle who back in 2006, had a dream or 2005, I should say, and it came to fruition in uh, January of 06. And uh, man, he, he's leading the charge and you got to love his uh, enthusiasm. And so anyway, Kyle Corral, appreciate you sharing some memories with me too about some sports days. I love to go back in time and talk about this stuff. Even if other people don't, I love to reminisce because the thoughts are still in my head from all these uh, games that I've witnessed and the, the tears I've shed for, uh, for a lot of painful losses and some tears of joy as well. Guys, I will wrap up today's episode of the podcast. Thank you for joining me. Uh, as always, you can follow us on social media, Facebook and Instagram, Get Home Safe Podcasts. Our Twitter handle is Get Home Safe Pod. And email me if you have questions, comments, uh, topic suggestions, guest suggestions, Get Home Safe Podcast at yahoo.com. Uh, if you don't have social media, you will follow us. You can find us every day, every week, I should say, Tuesdays and Fridays. Tuesdays, just me rambling away my random opinions about sports, current events, uh, just anything really. And then Fridays, I try to have a guest on like I had today uh, with Kyle Corral. So Tuesdays and Fridays, currently the current format on the Get Home Safe podcast. And one more time, cookies and pints. Uh, Look for them in Upland, California, as well as on Instagram, where I'm sure they will uh, have plenty of temptation photos that will get you down there to partake in all the goodness. So that'll wrap it up. Thanks, guys. We will be back next week on Tuesday for me, rambling away as I do, and then another great guest on Friday. But until then, guys, as always, no matter what you're doing, whether you're out on the town or round in third base, get home safe. (laughs) 